It's time to get away from it all. Doesn't matter if you say you or y'all. Let's all get out there and have some fun. Bluff City Outdoor Show is for everyone. Welcome to the Bluff City Outdoor Show. Thank you Perry Woods and indeed welcome to the Bluff City Outdoors show on 1019-941 News Talk STL. I am Tony Colombo back in studio with producer Leah and my co-host back from his catfish conference. Conference? Conference. <laughs> we'll get there. Mark McMurray, the owner of Bluff City Outdoors. Great to see you, buddy. Hey, it's good to be back. Good to be back. So, yeah, so last week Mark was not here. He was out of town at a uh, catfish conference. What does that mean? So it's it, it's an event. They have one in uh, Louisville, Kentucky in February. And then uh, the uh, guy that puts it on, he's been trying to get, get a second one going. So he is. this is the second year he's uh, had one in the fall out in Kansas City. And so I was out there. It is a gathering of serious catfish anglers, mm-hmm. uh, different rod companies, uh, other vendors. Uh, you know, it's kind of a lot of people know, you know, regular fishing shows. So it's just yeah. one of those, and it's targeted towards catfishing. Gotcha. And so there were speakers, uh, different guides, and uh, some industry reps and stuff there. So. so were you there just to simply attend, or did you have a booth, or were you there, you know, uh, making contacts and talking to folks where's what was your so we we go to we set up a booth to uh to sell products to the the, you know the attendees the people that are coming to you know paying to get in and uh but it's also you do get a lot of networking and a lot of contacts uh you know you might run across some new product uh that you see and you say oh man that'd that'd be good in my store so and we saw one of those there guys making a uh, a bank fishing rod holder that that was really well designed and stuff so that's something i'm gonna bring in next spring so you know i wouldn't have seen that had i not gone yeah so you get to see uh you know new things like that new rods that are coming out um all the catfishing industry is a little bit different because at this event the the rod manufacturers because it's kind of a niche product line yeah uh your big guys like you know shimano and iowa they're not they don't target the catfishing market. So you got all these uh, niche uh, startup companies that do, and they're always at these events. And so people get a chance to see all the different rods. There was about four for the yeah. manufacturers there. Does and the classic give you a little bit extra um, celebrity and it's well, something like that? So, like a little bit. I yeah. mean, people, people know us, uh, and, uh, you know, from doing that. And then we see a lot of the same people that fish it, you know, of course they're attending. So we get to see them and touch base again. That's awesome. So it's, it, it's fun. What uh? What is the it, so you know we've talked uh, on this show in the last several months with anglers of all different types, um, you know about like the hottest things. You know what's the what's the most popular, uh, uh, either approach or lures or whatever it is. And you know there's been a lot of talk about the new technology, um, about the new sonar and radar. That's uh you know that that stuff has come a whole a long way and has been embraced by a lot of people, um, you know, at a high level here recently. Is there anything specific in the catfish uh, world that is something that is like a new thing or a, or a new product or some kind of like new approach or something that is that that's catching on? It, it's electronics. Yeah. Electronics is starting to really yeah. uh, ha- show an impact there. Um, you know, the catfishing it's just not as complex and it, you know, it's they're, you know, they're using, you know, live or, uh, you know, frozen chunk bait, uh, fresh bait. 
so you know the concept of you know having lures and stuff doesn't doesn't reach into that market like it does in crappie and bass market. So it's more the electronics has been the thing this past year again. It's just more and more of these uh, serious catfish anglers are starting to you know put them on their boats, starting to use them, learn how to use them, and that way they can bypass the dead water and, and target target the fish. You know, it's the same thing there. They can see a big fish and they can actually try to catch it. Is uh is is our area um because of ha- you know with the with the Mississippi River and the Missouri River the confluence there and then the Illinois River and all that uh is is the St Louis area kind of uh, one of the biggest hotspots for catfishing like is when when you're at these events or yeah for people for, talk about our area is yeah, like being the, a, this area the the confluence area uh, because you do you have three big rivers coming together in a short section of river you, you got the Illinois coming in right above Grafton. And then in right below Alton, you know, the Missouri comes into the Mississippi. Uh, that big water, it holds a lot of big fish. Yeah. So this is, our area is one of the the best uh, blue cat fisheries in the country. So you may come across people who are like, man, I'd love to get out. I've never, you know, they've been fishing their whole lives. But maybe like, man, I'd love to come to St. Louis. I'd love to see what all that's the, like. All the time. Yeah. We get a lot of people that come down from a little bit further north, you know, maybe up the Quincy area or up in Iowa. And they'll come down because while the Mississippi runs up there, for some reason they don't have the abundance of those big blues yeah. up there as you do here. Um, I, I don't know if it has to do with that Alton area is, you know, the last lock. Mm. you got the one in Alton, the one in Granite City. Yeah. Um, and maybe so you get more fish that migrate from the south up, but then the dams kind of inhibit them on yeah. their way up. So yeah. uh, you just don't see as many up there. It could be the cooler water too. Yeah, yeah. You know, they're – they do seem to or be the confluent or the rivers are coming together. Yeah, they're they're a big water fish, so they do yeah. best in big water. Yeah, you know the and Mississippi starts narrowing down exactly as you go up further. And, yeah, uh, yeah, the Mississippi is, is most people probably do know, but it's pretty amazing how dramatically different the width and depth as is you start going as you go up and down. I mean, like it's you know, there's spots here where, you know, it's massive. It's, you know, a very huge body of water going across. But there's some places where it's not. Yep. So it's not like it's the same ecosystem, the same, you know, uh, conditions for fish up and down the entire river. Yeah, it changes. I mean, there's a reason all those locks are there, you know, right, going up. It right. needs to hold the water back so that they can move, uh, the barges can move. Yeah. You know, whereas when you get past St. Louis, it's free river because they don't need to do that anymore. So are um, are noodlers looked at as like the garbage side of catfishing? Yeah, I don't know if I go that far, but there. <laughs> when you're if you're uh, at one of the like, you know what I mean? Like, is that not is that not looked at as like as like proper catfishing whenever you're uh, around folks so, like that? I, I think they're given a sort of a you know, that, that person's crazy looking yeah. all the time, you know, <laughs> because, I mean, you don't know what else is going to be down there. I mean, big snapping turtle. I know. You know. I mean. I know. But they, they do it. I mean. I, I know them. they do. Yeah, it just, <laughs> it, it kind of is, is amazing that people do that. Yeah. Have you ever tried it? No. No way. You know, I, I've seen too many turtles in the water. Right. You know. Uh, yeah. A big snapping turtle can I know. put some damage on you. I know. I get it. It's cool to catch a big fish, but you can do that with uh Rod with and reel, and reel and yeah. bait. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not doing that. <laughs> I don't uh-huh. need to be the bait. Got <laughs> a lot of snapping turtles in my life. I got a little bit of respect. So there's no for noodlers walking. There's no noodling booth at the uh, no catfish. No noodling booth. No. <laughs> what would they be selling? There's nothing to no, sell. Nothing to it's sell. Just, yep. 
<laughs> I guess fake hands to be sticking in the holes. That'd be about it. Uh, so we're going to talk to our guest here in just a few minutes. This week's guest is Ron Scheller. He is a local uh, trapper, one of uh, Mark's buddies that uh, goes trapping with him. He's also a local animal damage control agent uh, who is specifically known for his ability to clear uh, bats out of uh, yep. homes or buildings that they're uh, not welcome in. Yeah, because it's a, that's different because you have to. Yeah, it is. You you can't. They're federally protected, mm. so you can't kill them. You yeah. have to. You have to evict them. And that, and that. So <laughs> so he has a lot of experience in that. And uh, he's, so he serves them their eviction papers. Yes, basically. <laughs> and then there's a season when you can evict them and when you can't. So oh, there's a wow. spring season and a fall season. And I think we might be in the fall season. Yeah. And uh, so yeah, he he's he's known in the industry as the bat guy. Well, nobody wants a bat. Nobody wants a bat in their in their home or in their uh, you know business or building that they own. But they are very helpful. Bats are oh, really they're, they're very beneficial. They're, yeah, to they're the very environment, exactly. You know? So I I get why you don't want to you know you don't want to exterminate them or necessarily even like you know get them out of the area. You just don't want them in your house yes, you don't want them up there you, <laughs> you know, don't want them in your chimney or i've seen some of the pictures he's posted online and i mean it, it's like look at that mountain of bat dung yeah know? oh yeah and it's just like it's amazing that that how much mess they make and yeah yeah and stuff so yeah he's a he's a real really and there's a lot dude. there's a lot around here people don't realize how many bats there are in in our area because you know well like uh, you know with all the caves and the cave systems and and bluffs and things like that, like you know, they're they're all over the place. Yeah, he's he's constantly. I know he comes down here in some of these older homes in the St. Louis area. Every place can have bats, you know. Mm-hmm. If you got you get the right habitat, there's going to be bats around. Yeah. You got to have a place to roost. So we'll talk to uh, uh, and Ron uh, to Ron in just a second, but also wanted to get a quick update on what's happening out at Bluff City with the expansion and the uh, archery range, everything up uh, and running now. Yeah, so we're getting uh, getting busier every week. More and more people are coming in. They're finding out about it uh, in their shooting. And, you know, there was just the other day, I think it was Sunday, when there was had six, eight people shooting at one time. Nice. So it was kind of nice to see it that busy. Uh, and it's coming along. We started getting our Hoyt bows in. So that's all looking good. And then uh, we got Jeff back there uh, fixing, yeah, the fixing bows. Yeah, he, so he's he's been kept pretty busy. I bet. So, I bet. I so bet. It's, it's, been, uh, it's been good. I mean, we just said, yeah, this is looks like it's doing what we want it to do. So. So archery season is uh, is in full swing now in both Missouri and Illinois. Are are some of the guys coming in that are shooting uh, uh, guys that have been out or are, you know right in the middle of their season and they're sort of dialing it in and you know so you yeah know. so you get people come in there to get everything sighted in before they start hunting mm-hmm. uh, and then you get the ones who get out there and you know their string pops off and, yeah and, you know or or something goes wrong and they need to get that fixed so they're they're they hustle down. Uh, I think Jeff said historically Mondays are typically, you know, like a manic Monday because everybody <laughs> was out there over the weekend and something went wrong with their bow, a crossbow, and then they got to try to get it in there and get it fixed. So, right. So we definitely see a lot a lot of foot traffic Monday, Monday and Tuesday early in the week, yeah. trying to get that stuff fixed before the It's got to be. A, it's got, as we've talked about, it's, it's an amazing asset. It's something that's never been there before for people in our area to have that shooting range, to have that archery range up and running at Bluff City Outdoors. There's nothing like it anywhere close to the St. Louis area from a hundred miles in any direction, at least. So uh, to have that open and available to folks right now has got to be exciting to be able to come out and, and take advantage of not just the range, but the bow tech, you know, yep. to have an expert, you know, to take a look at your, at your bow and make sure and everything's perfect. And that's a big thing. Cause yeah. 
you know, the bow shops that are in the air, most of them are almost everybody's closed on Sunday. So mm-hmm. if you got trying to get something done on Sunday, you know, we're, we're, we're there. Yeah, yeah. You know, we can, we can fill that in. And then mm-hmm. the other day that a lot of them are closed is Monday. So yeah, Sunday, Monday, you know, because and that's then, typically yeah. what they do. They want to, couple days off everybody wants a couple days off so yeah but yeah so with our with our hours and stuff uh, you know it's it's working people hustle in there get something done get it turned out quick and uh and get out in the woods get back out in the woods that's so cool that is so cool we'll probably talk about the expansion a little bit later on as we go through the show but definitely make sure that you get out there and check it out of course bluff city outdoors always have for decades has been uh the best place for local anglers to go to stock up for your next fishing trip um, for no matter what it may be, gear, uh, bait, uh, even, you know, get talking about catfish, uh, talk about catfishing on the Mississippi river. They can hook you up with a uh, guided catfish tour out there at bluff city. So, uh, fishermen, anglers in the area have known about bluff city for a long time, but, uh, with that expansion opened up, uh, there's even more that you can take advantage of. So follow bluff city outdoors on Facebook and check them out at bluffcityoutdoors.com. Let's go ahead and take our first break here. And when we get back, we are going to talk to uh, Animal Damage Control Agent Ron Scheller, a.k.a. The Bat Guy. He's going to join us next. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to the Bluff City Outdoors Show on 1019 and 941 News Talk STL. When I walk through that door tonight, yeah, I'm going to miss her. Oh, looky there. I've got a bite. Right. You're listening to the Bluff City Outdoor Show on News Talk STL. Welcome back to the Bluff City Outdoors Show on 1019 and 94.1 News Talk STL. Tony Colombo here with producer Leah and my co-host Mark McMurray from Bluff City Outdoors back from the Catfish Conference that he was at last week. If you missed last week's show or any show uh, that we do every week, of course, you can hear us in the 11 o'clock hour, 11 a.m. on Saturday mornings on News Talk STL, but you can also subscribe to the Bluff City Outdoors podcast. We post the show as a podcast shortly after it airs every week, and that way you never have to miss any of the great conversations that we have. And uh, we're available anywhere that you get podcasts, your favorite uh, podcast platform, whatever it may be, Spotify, Apple, Amazon, Google, uh, even our website, NewstalkSTL.com, you can find the Bluff City Outdoors podcast. So make sure you are checking that out. All right. As we mentioned in that last segment, our guest this week is Ron Scheller. He is one of Mark's uh, trapping uh, partners, but also a local animal damage control agent. And Ron, I guess the Batman was taken as far as a name is concerned. So they call you the Bat Guy. Welcome back to the show, Ron. How's it going? Hey, the Bat Guy. You know, I started out doing all the other wildlife, you know, raccoons, squirrels, groundhogs, all that kind of stuff. And it kind of, it just naturally went into a lot of bat work because my phone started ringing for bat problems. And probably a, maybe four years into the bat thing, um, I started like, like this in 1990. So I was up doing a, a church in Petersburg. I'm, I'm lying on the rooftop, you know, caulking up some roof edges. And a lady comes down the street gets out of her car and walks over and she yells up at me. She's like, Hey, are you the bat guy? (laughs) And at the time I was trying to come up with a website name and I thought, 
Well, I guess I am. Found out she was a reporter for Springfield Journal or something, and her boss said, hey, go talk to this guy. He's, he's getting a couple hundred bats out of her name's his building. So it was kind of cool. I came home that night, and I typed in thebatguy.com to see if it was available, and it was. So she actually picked my name, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I, I ran with it, and it's like now I've got all kinds of people wanting to buy that site off of me. It's like, I need that. I'm like, oh, sorry. <laughs> so, so bats are your expert, uh, sort of your expertise, and I want to talk about that a little bit. But um, uh, animal damage control agent um, is, uh, my guess, correct me if I'm wrong, it's your job to go into people's homes or businesses, you know, buildings, and – uh, remove animals that uh, don't belong there. But in many cases, like with bats, you know, you don't want to exterminate bats because they're very beneficial to the area. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's more than just going in and, uh, you know, like, you know, laying down poison or trying to, you know, kill the uh, the pests in the building. Your job is a little bit different. Oh, exactly. Your your job is, uh, is, is different from that. You're you're uh, in many cases, taking these animals and and you know just moving them back into their natural habitat and getting them out of uh, people's homes. So just tell us about that uh, yeah. about that gig a little bit. Tell us about that job and and you know what what that looks like. What a what a day a typical day looks uh, for like for you. Sure thing. It uh, it is certainly a systematic approach. It's not just like a, a one size fits all solution to any of this stuff. Um, some of it can be extremely challenging when you have like a a family of squirrels living in a three and a half story Victorian mansion, you know, and it's 46 feet off the ground where they gnawed holes to the side of this building. Um, it's just amazing what animals will do to survive. And they have adapted so well to what we've done. You know, every, everybody has this really, really twisted view that, oh, all these animals are in town because there's nowhere left for them. I'm like, well, that is so far from the truth. The carrying capacity in the wooded areas is at max or more. There's not a vacant den tree for anything to live in because they're all filled. So once they started migrating into the cities and urban areas and even our small towns like where I'm at, it, they you know quickly found easy living. I mean, you know, they can just go live in someone's attic, walk out to the trash can at night and eat. I mean, it's just there's the only obstacle once in a while would be maybe a Buick or Oldsmobile or whatever. Um, <laughs> that's really their predators in town. So they have their numbers have actually surpassed the numbers in the woods. It's not because there aren't any places left. It's because they've adapted so well. When we build a subdivision in what was once a 160-acre bean field that had not one bit of wildlife in it, in five years after these homes are all put in and their garden sheds and landscaping, rock walls maybe a couple little ponds. Well, next thing you know, you've got, you know, 40 raccoons per square mile in these subdivisions that, you know, used to be a bean field. So people are, they're really twisted on, on their beliefs of why the animals are there, but it's really cool to figure out how they're getting in, where they're getting in, you know, a little Sherlock Holmes comes in where you, you have to track, you know, track their travel routes, um, it's just an interesting gig because, like, you don't want to go to a house that has squirrels in it. And, I mean, the typical homeowner, which is okay. I don't blame people for trying things on their own. They'll go to the farm supply store, buy a couple little cages, and set them out in the yard and catch 76 squirrels in three weeks <laughs> and never catch a squirrel that lives in their attic because their squirrels are just everywhere. There's a yeah, million of them. Right. So, I mean, our job is to target the guilty ones. 
You know, and you have to figure out where they're getting in the house, set traps over the hole, even if it's three stories high. And you'll target the ones that live there. Once you remove them, you can repair the hole, and you won't have pressure on the house. If, if you just catch a couple out in the yard, most likely you don't even catch the ones that are in there. Um, but you, you just have it's a targeted approach yeah. to the guilt, if that makes sense. No, it makes total and, sense. Uh, it makes total sense. And, and, you know, I think, you know, there many people listening, my dad had a, had a, had a really famous uh, uh, funny story that he used to tell all the time about um, squirrels that had gotten in his attic and kind of got behind one of the walls um, um, that was between his uh, downstairs basement and their kitchen. And so he was uh, he was getting in there and uh, and he had, you know, poked a couple holes in the walls to try to figure out where these guys were and to get them. And he thinks that he's like, you know, making progress. And he said that right. he's in the he's in the bathroom one day and he's got this he's you know, he's he's busted this big hole in his in the ceiling in there. And, you know, he's thinking that he's you know, he's going to get these things. And um <clears throat> He's kind of standing off to the side, working, uh, you know, uh, in a different corner of the bathroom, uh, getting things ready. And and suddenly he he looks up at the hole and he says, "This squirrel is just sitting up there, just looking straight at him, like you." Yep. <laughs> and my dad thought, and my dad thought, you know what? They're just smarter than I am. <laughs> I'm not going to be able to get these things. They are, they are persistent. Um, that's one of the things about squirrels. If, if people see one, they, they may be out in the yard, you know, working in the yard or whatever, and they see a squirrel go in a hole or whatever, and they watch. He goes out the hole. They'll throw their extension ladder up, and they'll put a piece of metal over the hole that they've gnawed through the, mm. the dormer or whatever. And honestly, you have to catch that squirrel and remove it from that site. I mean, we, in Illinois, we have to take them a minimum of 10 miles. There's, we've got all kinds of regulations here. Mm. But if you just patch the hole when he goes out, in a three days max, there's another hole either right next to your patch or very close, and you will go on with that process through the entire summer, and your house will look like a piece of Swiss cheese or maybe a mosaic pattern with all your patches. And you have to get rid of that one because it's picked that house as a den site, and their site fidelity is pretty strong. So it's like, okay, that guy put a piece of metal there. I'll just move my door to here, and they'll just destroy that house once they pick one. Mm-hmm. So that can drive people crazy, and, and they're like, oh, yeah. these squirrels are driving me crazy. And it's usually one squirrel that's driving them crazy. And that's <laughs> when you got to call – that's when you call Ron Scheller. That's when you call the bad guy to come over and uh, and take care of things. Mark, have you ever had uh, ever had any pests in the house that you've had to uh, call Ron for or maybe get his advice <laughs> no, to take care of? I've asked him a few times about, you know, hey, what – you know what trap works best for uh, removing chipmunks because I you know, oh, like yeah. an unlimited supply just go get and then right. you know, then just go catch them and how far you got to move chipmunks yeah, I've been moving them about a mile is that you know, far he, enough he tells me which ones um I go about three with them okay I think a mile probably okay and uh you know it, it's hard to say they don't they don't think they've ever done studies on chipmunks they, they've studied the squirrels and raccoons and different you know different species but I think chipmunks, they're, they're an anything-goes species anyhow. You don't even have to have a permit to deal with chipmunks. So that's, it, it's interesting that Mark said chipmunks because that was one thing I was going to ask you. You know, I think when, when we think of, uh, of those types of animals that, that get into our, our homes or, our, our, you know, our places of business, you know, you think of, you think of squirrels. You may think of, you know, you, you think of raccoons, you know, being around, you know, dumpsters and trash cans and things like that. 
but what are yeah. some of the animals that maybe in the area that people wouldn't really think of, like chipmunks, you know, or, or other things that maybe, um, you know, get into people's homes that uh, that maybe you wouldn't think of off the top of your head? Well, I think one of them for sure in my area and all around the Midwest, but um, flying squirrels are very mm. prevalent. Um, they are nocturnal. They're little bitty dudes. So they can get in the smallest holes in a home and they're up all night running around in the attic, chirping and, you know, just making all kinds of racket. It sounds like a zoo in the house and nobody can figure out what they are because they don't ever see them. And, uh, it's kind of cool. You have to get in the attic and do an inspection and actually identify the droppings to figure out what they have up there. But uh, I'll leave that to you, Ron. People are just blown away when they find out they have an attic full of those things. Wintertime especially. They, they like to congregate in the winter. And I mean, sometimes you'll catch like 15 or 16 of them out of one attic. There's the perfect reason to call Ron and not do it yourself because if you got to study the poop to identify what's going on, I'll leave that to you. I'll leave that to the pros. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, um, uh, bats, I want to ask you one more thing about about bats, because I actually have a little bit of uh, experience, you know, um, uh, going through caves. And what's it's pretty amazing. One of the things about bats, at least, I guess, I don't know if this is a particular species or if it's just how acclimated they are with humanity. But in in some cases, you can, you know, bats will allow you to pat them on the head. You know, I've, I've been going through caves and. And and have seen people just you know like give a little tough of the of the hair on uh, on bats before or walk within you know six inches of one and they don't even oh, yeah. they don't they don't, they don't flinch don't. or move or anything they don't they don't care uh, one bit and so I guess to uh, a bat when they're in your home uh, they don't really care about anything that you're doing they just are are just doing their thing yeah all they want is a place to sleep. And, uh, of course, that's during the day. And mm-hmm. uh, they, when they are in that state of torpor, like when they, they sleep during the day, they slow down their metabolism. Everything just comes to a grinding halt. And if I go into an attic and even just bump against one or, you know, brush against one with my elbow or something that's hanging on a, a truss or whatever, typically I don't because I'm more careful than that. Mm-hmm. But you'll, you'll hit them and, they, and they'll just fall to the floor. They can't even fly. Mm. Um, because they're slowed down so much, and that's why when they're hanging there, they just they just watch you go by, and uh, it's kind of cool. Like you get into a big church or a college attic or something that that may have a thousand or fifteen hundred bats hanging in the in the attic walkway, and you know the walkway is parallel to the ridge, and that's where they're always hanging in that top ridge, and your head might be like you say eighteen inches under these bats, and you you walk past a couple thousand of them, and they just watch you. You know yeah. they. It doesn't phase me because I know they're not going anywhere. You understand their behavior. And it's like a tennis game. You know, everything's they're blind. It's like, no, they can see just as well as we can. But you walk down the aisle, and, and all the little heads are, like, mechanically linked. They they follow you by, and then when you go back, they all watch you go back. It's like, would you let us sleep? You know, <laughs> they don't, they're not aggressive. They're not, you know. I mean, you don't want to grab one because they sure. will bite and up the fence. Sure. Like anything. Sure. But, uh it's always funny because people will pick one up. They'll see it on the ground outside. And often they will be sick if they're grounded out outside. And they can't resist picking the, the cute little fuzzy thing up and it bites them. And it, it may test positive for rabies. It's very rare, but it can, especially one that's on the ground. Mm-hmm. Or you could turn and, into a vampire. I mean, especially this time of year. So you got to be careful of that. Yeah. Well, this is good, good timing. But uh, well, it's just amazing because people are like, I can't believe you picked that thing up. Well, I just thought it needed help. I'm like, okay, if there was a snarling possum 
you know, on the ground, do you reach down and pick it up? Oh, no, I'd never do that. So it's the size and the cuteness factor. You know, I hate to say bats are kind of cute. People don't think they are, but if, if oh, you're Oh, they kind of are. They kind of are. There are certain ones that are kind of cute. I agree with you. Until, until they show their teeth and do the little chatter at you, but it's still they're not <laughs> like a German Shepherd coming after you. <laughs> so, Ron, we're almost out of time. we got to get you back on because there's a, a million different uh, things that I'd like to talk to you about. But um, I wanted to ask you and Mark because I know Mark uh, – uh, you know, loves to get out and, and trap. And we talk about how that's becoming, um, uh, you know, more and more of a lost art these days. Oh, God, um, yes. Is yeah. uh, is 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 Ron's expertise with the way he it's his job to catch and move animals. Does that give him an advantage over you when you guys are out trapping together? Well, <clears throat> like I said, Ron just, you know, I mean, he, he got us, you know, he was a trapper before he was animal damage control guy. Yeah. So, you know, he's just uh, just a good just a good trapper. I mean, most of us that, that trap and have knowledge and stuff where, you know, we share it. We try to try to get some young people involved and yeah. stuff. And otherwise it's, it's I just think not going to be. When, when trappers were very secretive and nobody wanted to tell the other guy how to catch a lot of mink or whatever it may be. Cause it was like, everybody was out after the, the prize mm-hmm. and it's like a fisherman with their honey hole. They don't want to give away their secrets. Yeah. 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 As trapping started dwindling, uh, everybody realized, hey, you know, in order to keep this, you know, tradition alive and uh, still maintain it as a part of wildlife management, which is very important, which people don't grasp the concept at all, um, the trappers need to stick together and share information and, and help each other out. It's just uh, it, like in anything, you know, just uh, kind of a combined effort. Ron, if somebody's listening and they want to get a hold of you, obviously thebatguy.com is the website to check out to learn about uh, more about Ron Scheller and uh, your services of uh, removing animals from uh, homes or buildings or you know places of business. Um, is this time of year, is this a particular time of year that people should really be uh, aware of these kind of things? Is it, uh, you know, as the temperatures are getting cooler, is this a time that more of the uh, the animals outside are going to want to be trying to get inside? Is this a is this a particularly busy Absolutely. time for you to and and for people to keep it, their eyes open? Yep, walk around the house, check your gable vent louvers, um, your fascia trims, uh, the little soffit panels. Um, everything's trying. Once it starts getting cold, they'll try to get in for a warm den site for the winter, and uh, it's it's just amazing what they can find. If there's a weak spot on a house there is a critter that's going to find it. It's just absolutely incredible. Is the bad, uh, the com? is that the best way to uh, learn more yeah, about your services and get a hold of you, Ron? Absolutely. They can, they can click on my email from there or whatever. My phone number's on there. The whole works. But Excellent. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, right now I'm just at the end of bat season. We can only do bats till October 30th. Oh, wow. So I'm in a big rush. I'm going to finish up the uh, Des Moines mansion today in Greenville. They had bunches and bunches there. Wow. And it's also the, Bond County Historical Society Museum, so you don't want to have a bunch of bats in a place that people are taking tours in. So <laughs> absolutely. Well, Ron, <laughs> we get they're gone. We're gonna have to get you back on the show really soon because uh, there's more stories I want to hear and more things I want to talk about. But uh, really appreciate your time today. And if you uh, think that you might need Ron's services, uh, you can go to thebatguy.com and learn more. Ron Scheller, thanks so much for your time. We'll talk to you soon. Okay, thanks a lot. Talk to you later, Ron. Yeah, great stuff there, Ron Scheller, local animal damage control agent. And again, thebatguy.com. If you think you might have bats or squirrels or chipmunks or any other uh, pest in your home that needs to be removed, 
uh, go to thebackguy.com, learn about Ron Scheller, and, uh, and utilize his services to get that taken care of. All right, we got to take another quick break here. We got one more segment to go. And as we do every week in the third segment of the show, we'll bring you this week's fishing report. So don't go anywhere. Listen to the Bluff City Outdoor Show on 1019 and 94.1 News Talk STL. This is the Bluff City Outdoor Show on News Talk STL. Welcome back to the Bluff City Outdoor Show on 1019 and 94.1 News Talk STL. Of course, you can check out this show each and every Saturday morning here on News Talk STL at 11 a.m. You can also subscribe to our podcast. Make sure you get the Bluff City Outdoors Show podcast, anywhere that you get podcasts, your favorite uh, podcast platform, Apple, Amazon, Google, Spotify, whatever it may be. We post the show every week uh, shortly after it airs as a podcast, so make sure you are checking that out. My name is Tony Colombo here in studio with producer Leah and my co-host, the owner of Bluff City Outdoors, Mark McMurray. We are going to bring you this week's fishing report, and it, they're getting uh, the fishing reports are getting better and better by the week. What a great time to be outside on the water! I hope you guys are getting some chance, uh, some opportunities to get out there and do some fishing because uh, it's a it's a great time to do so. And make sure you're listening to this show every week at about this time for the fishing report to help you out if you're getting out there this weekend. Uh, also, speaking of great activities outside this time of year, what a perfect time to be outside grilling. And if you're doing that, you need to have some Rockwood Lump Charcoal with you. Rockwood Charcoal is uh, is is locally made. It's a small business, lo- small local business. So, you know, it's always great to support local industry like that. Of course, Missouri is the number one charcoal maker in the country. So you're supporting local industry in that way as well. And for nine years running, Rockwood Lump Charcoal has been rated the number one consumer-ranked charcoal in the country, so you are using the best product available as well. They have, of course, the charcoal. They have other products like the smoking woods uh, that are just superior to everything else. If you've never uh, grilled with lump charcoal of any kind, uh, there's it, it's so much better. It's just superior to the briquettes that maybe you would are, are more traditionally used to because it it burns so much faster, it burns cleaner, it gives you more control, especially when you start mixing in the smoking woods and things like that. You have just more control over uh, the flavors and the things that you're doing uh, with the food that you are grilling, and it's just an absolutely uh, uh, fantastic product, and it's available in over 100 area stores. You can find the closest one to you and pick up some grilling tips and tricks all at rockwoodcharcoal.com. Make sure you have some Rockwood charcoal with you as this time of year is, I I don't know about you, but I've been out grilling as much as possible these days. So it's so beautiful out there. What a great time to be out uh, uh, enjoying the backyard, enjoying the deck and doing some grilling So make sure you have some Rockwood charcoal with you next time you are out there. All right, Mark, we will get into the uh, fishing report here in just a second. But, uh, you know, we talked about the Alton Catfish Classic, which just happened a few weeks ago. But it's still tournament season around the area, and there's uh, uh, another big tournament coming up. Yeah, so we got – it's what we call the uh, Fall Brawl. It's a 23-hour catfishing tournament. Uh, Starts on Friday night and runs all the way through – 
till a Saturday afternoon and the following day. It's a two fish limit. They got the idea. I had a lot of people that couldn't make the classic and uh, they wanted something to fish here at the end of the season because fishing is that time of the year so good. Yeah, yeah. So uh, if you want to, if you're interested in fishing it, it's a two two fish limit, up to three people on a team. And uh, we've got the details out there at uh, Bluff City Outdoors on our Facebook page is really the spot to go. Uh, contact love us it. if you're interested in fishing. It's next weekend. I love it. 23-hour so, tournament. So you, most people, we only had two people last year fish it the whole 23 hours. Most mm-hmm. people, because we give them a night to fish and we give them a day to fish. Yeah. And that, that was the idea behind making it that long. So that's so it, cool. Some people, oh, I catch all my fish at night. Well, yeah. now you can fish at night. So it's 23 so, consecutive hours. 23 consecutive hours. It's not broken hours. up into two nope. different days. It's 23 consecutive hours, so you can fish overnight if you want to. Yep. I and, love it. Yeah, the weigh-in and the kickoff, everything starts off at the shop. That's where we do everything there on oh, the parking cool. lot. So uh, it, it's and we do something a little bit different. We pay a big fish prize for the biggest blue cat and for the biggest flathead. Nice, nice. So last year, one guy, he was the only one that weighed a flathead, and it weighed two pounds, but he walked off with a couple hundred bucks for go. the biggest flathead. So. Nice. Uh, well, we talk about, you know, the uh, the expansion that just opened up out there at Bluff City Outdoors. So if you're participating in the tournament, you get a chance to check that out, uh, the brand-new archery range out there. And uh, we always tell you, Bluff City Outdoors on Facebook is probably the best place to go to keep up with, um, you know, details about the range and the expansion and now also this tournament. So make sure you are uh, following Bluff City Outdoors on Facebook and also BluffCityOutdoors.com. But Bluff City Outdoors on Facebook um, is probably your best place to get all of that information about the Fall Brawl Tournament and uh, about the expansion and the archery range and everything. Exciting times. Lots of cool stuff happening out at Bluff City Outdoors. Make sure you are a part of it. Uh, so, yeah, it's a great time to be out on the water. These fishing reports, I think, reflect that. So oh, let's, yeah. let's get into let's it. Let's get ahead. into it. Yeah. Okay, so first up is uh, Truman Lake, uh, Jordan Lear, which uh, he came by the Catfish Conference last weekend and said hi. Uh, water temps 57 to 68. Crappie are good, fish 15 to 25 feet down. Uh, 25 feet of water, 10 to 15 feet down. Brush piles and standing timbers on the main lake and the mouth of the creeks. Jigs and minnows are both working. Natural shad colors on the jigs. Catfish have been fair, drifting and dragging baits on the main lake humps and flats using fresh cut shad. 14 to 30 feet of water using a Santee Cooper rig. Keep your drift speed about 0.2 to 0.6 miles per hour. White brass and hybrids fair, fishing the main lake humps and the flats from 10 to 20 Five feet of water using live shad or three-inch uh, sliders and pearl and chartreuse as a color with a quarter-ounce jig head. Black bass fair, fish the main lake points, flats in the mouth of the creek, topwater baits still working on the cloudy days, whopper ploppers, buzz baits, and pop bars. Throw a half-ounce football jigs around the brush piles in the 20 to 10 to 20 feet. And square-bill crankbaits are working on the windy days. Shad patterns are the colors. Walleye still poor. Uh, that should be picking up with these cool temps. Uh, flicker shads and uh, bandit crankbaits on the main lake humps and flats, four, four to 13 feet. Bluegill is still good. Fish around the boat docks and the backs of the shallow coves on red worms or night crawlers under a bobber, two to five feet deep. Carlisle, Jake Naley, uh, said crappie have been biting awesome. Uh, catfish <laughs> have been okay with the cooler temps, finding them shallow in about two feet of water. White bass are decent, are still being caught on the rocks. Uh, should get a lot better as the water stabilizes. Wren Lake, Fred Mooney, he's a guide out there. Crappie bite is excellent. Pink and orange are the go-to colors, 10 to 12 feet of depth. Catfish are good. Bass is okay. The lake is at 405.6. Local rivers and lakes. Eric Morey with the cooler temps bringing cooler water and the fall bite is coming on. The fish are feeding heavy on shad, so matching the hatch is now where it's at. Shad <laughs> color crankbaits and swim baits for largemouth whites and hybrid stripers. Fish are active and chasing hard. Uh, 
Water temps in the mid 60s, and uh, we had the crappie bite is getting consistent. They're hitting jigs and uh, and are and are moving well. So, and then uh, just a side note: in the last couple of days, had quite a few people out there fishing on the river for catfish, and it's starting to really turn on. Yeah, now, we knew it would. It's been slow coming. The water is pretty low out there, but uh, Will went out. And he caught some good ones uh, two nights ago, and uh, so it's 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 on out there. Yeah, perfect it, it, time. It's on everywhere. Off. That I mean, that seems to be the theme across the board with the fishing report and uh, we'll wrap it up here with our lake of the ozarks report from our buddy mike marfell he says water temps coming down in to the low 70s and fall bite is about to be on like donkey kong yeah, there you go. <laughs> water about two feet below pool and the shallow jig and shaky head bite is good chase the wind on shallow docks less than six feet Find the bait, and you will be around the bass. Work the windy side of shallow docks. My bigger fish all coming in less than two feet. Top water or good topwater bite in the backs of creeks and coves where it flattens off if bait is present. In my opinion, I would have nothing but a jig, shaky head, topwater, and a spinner bait if there is enough wind. This bite will improve in the coming weeks as temps keep coming down. This is by far my favorite time to be fishing Lake of the Ozarks, and that just seems to be the that's the theme that yep. theme that seems to be the theme um, amongst all of the anglers and the fishermen that we are talking to. Um, I, a couple things that I picked up just listening to um, to the report that you were given there, Mark. Um, you know, we we talked uh, about especially out of Rend Lake earlier this year how the crappie bite was just absolutely on fire, but then seemed to die off, and you know that's just kind of how it goes. It seemed like it was. I mean, it's like that every year, but it seemed like it was especially red hot earlier this season for some reason, uh, but then died off. But then now it just feels like yeah, it seems like every on. week we're getting these reports that it's just it's like the uh, like the faucet's been turned back on. Yeah, it's, it's like it's just once in those full temps hit steam a certain ahead. coming down on a certain number, then it just starts again. Because yeah. I know I'm like our bait guy. He's been running way more minnows, you know, out the last couple of weeks out there towards Ren than he was, you know, a month six weeks ago so right so that that's telltale that means people are getting out fish are biting that is awesome and if you are going to be out on the water anytime soon make sure you stop by bluff city outdoors in alton illinois about a mile east of fast eddies to uh, make sure you have everything you need for your next fishing trip if you want to get out on the mississippi river uh, they can set you up with a guided catfishing tour which is nothing but fun especially this time of year and, of course, you can check out uh, the brand-new expansion out there and the state-of-the-art archery range. A lot of exciting stuff happening at uh, Bluff City Outdoors. Again, about a mile east of Fast Eddie's in Alton. Follow them on Facebook, Bluff City Outdoors on Facebook, bluffcityoutdoors.com. And, of course, this is the Bluff City Outdoors show. And, as I said, you never have to miss an episode. You can hear us every Saturday morning at 11 a.m. here on News Talk STL. And subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast platform. That's going to do it for this week's show. For producer Leah and the owner of Bluff City Outdoors, my co-host, Mark McMurray, I'm Tony Colombo. Thank you so much for listening to the show, and we'll see you back here next week on the Bluff City Outdoors show on 101.9 and 94.1. Please talk to us today.